When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Well, hello again. Welcome to the show about your dough. And it gets more and more important to talk about money and real investing by the day. I'm Don McDonald. Over there is Tom Cock. This is Talking Real Money. We're truly here to help you gain perspective and avoid doing some really foolish things in these weird and scary times. Our number is 855-935-TALK. That's 855-935-8255. And we know it's scary. We know it feels strange. We know we're, we're out of sorts and the markets are out of sorts and you're worried about your job and where your next paycheck's going to come from and what uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. So we're here to try to talk about the financial part of that, which is crucial. You hear all day long people talking about the health part of it and you know what to do you know what to do about that it's but the money part it's hard to know what to do we have some pretty solid answers based on real solid science and we want to share those with you so give us a call at 855-935-TALK 855-935-8255 you got to know when to hold them oh geez. no when to no, f- stop, I mean, stop ow ow it, i know well your ow, song last week was worse ow. than mine so but, okay you know, may have been i don't remember what my stupid song was and neither does anyone else thankfully but uh, uh, which is for the best that's a reference kenny rogers passing away yesterday of course and you sitting I, there with i your- just don't understand the 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 the, the, the context Know when to hold them, know when to fold them. I mean, that we're right in the middle of that. What's wrong with you? You're well, throwing but, the money in or saying, you're not I can cash in people my stocks. Fold. No, I'm you're not, not encouraging to. people to fold them, are you? But other people are. I'm not. I'm certainly uh, not. No, I'm don't watch. If anything, don't watch CNBC. As you know, we're suggesting you sell the things that have gone up and buy the things that have gone down. That's what right. we're doing. I mean, that's what we're doing for our clients. And you know, we had a couple of webinars last week. You did a great one yesterday. And our friends at Dimensional Funds did one a couple of days before that and really helped people understand that that's what makes sense. And I have a brand new, because the response was so great. And a lot of people said, are you going to do another one of these so I can tell my friends? And so I have scheduled a new one and no fooling. I it's saw for the April date. Fools. Yeah, I yeah, saw the date. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah, we're not fooling around on I April don't know, Fool's Day. I don't this know is- that you can do a financial webinar on April 1st, but yeah, all right. I can too. Okay. I'm doing one. All right, I've we're going to add it. in. We're going to add in a couple of more things to it too. So just for people that kind of oh great, ask. you're going to make it longer now. Well, because one of the things people always say is, you tell us, well, don't sell your stocks because they went down. We'll spend more time on that. You say you got to have a plan so you don't respond to market conditions. What's the plan? So we'll spend a little because you did a great job yesterday talking about. What happens after one of these shock, you know, bear markets, whatever, and and 
what happens in the next one, three, five years. I think it's very valuable. And, and when you step back and look at all this, we've got some great stuff from Jason Zweig today to talk about. But how do you put together that plan so that you don't look at your money every day? You don't respond to the media or the next thing that comes on the news about the coronavirus. So we'll add that in just a little touch to the well, April one of 1st. the keys to, to getting started in the right direction toward that plan, though, something that uh, apparently most people don't seem to know. And that's what 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 is your risk tolerance? How much risk can you really stand? Apparently, way too many people were invested beyond their tolerance for risk. If you're freaking out and panicking right now, you really didn't know your risk tolerance, did you? Well, there's but there's two parts to this one, right? I mean, in 2008, clearly that was the financial crisis. Here, you've got the health thing added on. So you're probably scared. Even though we know what to do, you're right, but we're still like, what happens when somebody I know gets this? Or what? Ha- all these sort of what-ifs that are out there that I think are making this worse. But remember, back in 1998, and you know, this is this goes to Jason Zweig's article, by the way. Back in 1998, there were multiple headlines. Time Magazine read one. Fortune Magazine read one. The Fortune Magazine was, was the crash of 98. Can the U.S. economy hold up? Do you remember the crash of 98? I, actually, I do because I remember the Asian contagion, but yeah, I do but know what people- came next. Most people don't know, don't even remember. They're going, what? There was a crash in 98. I remember 2000. Well, we could, and we could spend a little, was caused by a virus. It was indeed. And we could spend a little time talking about the economy and the stock market, by the way, because as you know, generally the stock market is a leading indicator. Market does yes. something and the economy falls. Not always, though. Our friend Larry Swedger did a great, a brand new uh, webinar that I just watched this morning where he correctly points out that coming out of 2008, 2009, and I'd forgotten this, you had a, a decade of no growth above 3%. I mean, generally, when you come out of a deep recession, you get growth of the economy greater than 3% a year. Not oh, oh, one oh, we're talking year. about economic I'm growth. I'm getting to that, yeah. yes. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. So then if they asked you in 2009, is that a good time to buy stocks? You'd be like, well, no, because the economy's not growing very fast. And yet we had right. a 10-year, absolutely r- almost record-breaking bull market. So they're not always in lockstep, but you can see some causal inference there generally. The stock market, rather than being a leading indicator, it's more of an anticipatory marketplace. It is a place where I believe, and I think this has been shown pretty consistently, that the traders, and I hate using the word investors when it applies to the people who are playing the market day to day, they're traders. They factor in what they perceive at that moment to be the absolute worst case scenario from whatever the current event is. So right now, the reason you're seeing the stock market down about 30% globally yeah. is because traders around the world are saying, well, if it gets as bad as the worst case, this is what stocks are worth. So in a scenario where the where we don't have the worst case, where we have a medium or better than medium case, then you're going to, at some point, while things seem bad, you're going to have a bounce in stocks and everybody's going to be calling us going, well, why is the stock market going up? The news is terrible. But even if it is that bad, you hit the right 
chord earlier. Well, I hit the really good chord with the know when to hold with the, the song. Chord. I yeah, got that. Yeah. But yeah. the right chord is this fits into your overall plan because you have to take volatility. You have to bear the uncertainty of stock market prices to get the returns or you simply put it all in the mattress, which apparently a lot of people are doing right now. Because they're not even going yeah, to gold. They're not we'll buying talk, anything. We won't, they're not going to gold. They're not going to Bitcoin. All these things are going to be so safe when the next crisis came. We'll talk about that. But your plan should allow for these sort of volatility. <laughs> That's the key part. Rarely do we have this much stuff to talk about and these many concerns to assuage. So let us help you do that. Call us at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, because we are here to help you make smarter money decisions. Tom and Don are talking real money. If you're worried about your investment portfolio in this turbulent market, you may not have the right portfolio. A long bull market makes investing seem easy. We get complacent and start believing that stock prices always go up. They don't. They can't. If the value of stocks always rose, they wouldn't be risky. And if they weren't risky, there would be little return. Markets like the ones we've experienced are the price we pay for potentially high returns. Yet, you must be able to stay properly invested during downturns. That's why it's critical you have the right portfolio for your risk profile. So, before you do something you may regret, join me for a special free online class, Retirement Investing in Turbulent Times. Reserve your place now at TalkingRealMoney.com. I'll show you the scientific evidence from past market declines, how to determine your risk profile, and build a simple no-load portfolio based on your personal needs and fears. Sign up now at TalkingRealMoney.com. That's TalkingRealMoney.com. And if you're listening to this podcast months after the crisis, well, take a look. We probably have some other great classes you can sign up for at TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. And if you uh, don't want to be fooled on April Fool's Day, but you do want to attend my next class, which is uh, Retirement Investing in Turbulent Times, go to TalkingRealMoney.com. It's up there. You can sign up. It's free. Special guest appearance by yours truly as well. Did we decide we were going to let you go? just doing that anyway. So we didn't right, decide. We'll see. Maybe, maybe it won't work. I, I don't know. Could knowing me, knowing me since I had the echo chamber for the first one, <laughs> who knows? Right. Wow, that was bad. Hey, our phone number here is 855-935-TALK. If you need some money help, some financial uh, advice, a little calming, give us a call, 855-935-8255. And Perry, it's your turn. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Perry. Hi, gentlemen. I love your show. I just have a question. I've got a balanced portfolio uh, based on my risk tolerance. I've taken your um, quiz uh, some time ago, and I have a question about the um, conservative part of it. So, um, you know, I have part of the portfolio in the market through Vanguard funds like you recommend, but on the um, conservative part of it, I've got some of it in um, – Treasury bill fund. I've got some of it in um, FDIC guaranteed bank deposits, and I've got some of it in a stable value fund. My question is, how risky is the stable value fund given that, um, you know, it's insured, well, it's not insured by FDIC, but it's um, the underlying assets, I believe, are like corporate, um, corporate debt and it does have insurance um the insurers are 
MetLife, Voya. Yeah, well, I'm going to stop you there because you're exactly right. A stable value fund is made up of a thing called Guaranteed Insurance Contracts, GICs. And the, the insurance company takes the money in and then says, aha, here's an easy way to make 6% on your money and only pay you three. They've been doing it for a long time. Boeing. Uh, should we talk about Boeing? Uh, Boeing. <laughs> while, <laughs> Don't jinx it. Well, we still can. Uh, Boeing's uh, stable value fund has been a very fine fund in their, uh, in their VIP for many, many years. You're right, though. Is there a concern? Uh, is there a worry that what if all those contracts they have, uh, they're unable to meet those obligations? This is why, for example, in the money that we recommend you use short term, we would be recommending it's short term U.S. government debt, which, by the way, uh, corporate debts had a lot of trouble this year. We can talk about that later. But the DFIGX, the uh, Dimensional Intermediate Government Bond Fund, is up. Uh, just a shy, just a shade shy of 7%. So does a stable value fund make me nervous a bit for the underlying assets? But if you look at the long haul, it's done very well. Don? Yeah, and, and the, you, you hit on the, the most important point that everyone should be thinking about all the time, not just in markets like this. This whole business of saying an insurance company is guaranteed or that their underlying bonds, basically these contracts, are guaranteed. They're only guaranteed as long as the insurance company stays in business. If, a, if there was a massive failure, for example, like AIG almost failed in 08, if AIG had failed, we would have seen state insurance in, uh, pools dry up. They would have run out of money, and you would have seen the folks who had these gicks and the like, you would have seen those folks in trouble and probably getting payouts extended from months to years and years to get that money back. So there is any, it's, a, it's an ironclad rule that we all need to follow, even though we don't like it. We don't like it at all. And that is the higher the return on a vehicle, the higher the risk is somewhere you may not know where it is but it's there somewhere there is some sort of inherent risk or you wouldn't be getting those higher returns and the only riskless return i really know of to date is t bills very short right. term government debt which i they think they don't is, fluctuate yeah and, and it's paying less than inflation i mean so it's you're not really no, quite a bit yeah less i was going to say maybe um, i don't know what it would be today but in other I, words let me so, look at what the t bill so, rate is so right perry now. i don't do i think you should worry no would i run out and buy specifically buy stable value fund no i'd rather own u.s government short and intermediate term debt instead thank you for your call great one thank thank you appreciate it 855-935-TALK is our number tj you're up next welcome to talking real Hello. money hi how are Hello. you good thank you for having me on so um you may have gotten this question um but i'm going to ask it anyway so basically um for my retirement i have a pension and i'll have social security and then i have a little bit in the vanguard account I've got um, 60% in the Vanguard total world stock, and I've got 40% in the Vanguard total bond market. And I'm thinking this might be a good time to take some of that bond money and put it over and buy some more in the world stock. Yay! Yay! You win the gold star. You win the free Thanksgiving turkey or whatever we can give away. I, can we do that anymore? No. Wow. This is exactly the right thing to be saying. This is exactly the right type of behavior that will, over time... Do two things. Number one, it will make you more money because you're selling the things that have gone up and buying the things that have gone down. Number two, it'll actually 
reduce risk because if you just let things get kind of hairy out of control generally by the way it's stocks you're selling and bonds you're buying but in this case it's not you're bond you're selling bonds as you correctly point out and buying stocks your behavior is absolutely 100 percent spot on don yep well <laughs> man a few words say. that's a new one yep i totally agree yeah. this is the time to be re you always that's part of the discipline of investing you keep your balance whatever portfolio balance is right for your risk need and risk tolerance is the one that you need to maintain and when you get about five percent out of balance it's time to rebalance and sell those things that have that are now the bigger portion of your portfolio and buy the things that are the smaller portion and by the way the 30-day T-bill rate Yeah, right what is now, it right now? What is it? One-tenth of 1%. One wow. Okay, so pardon me about the inflation thing. <laughs> one-tenth yeah, not... of 1%. Just a, just, a, just a couple of days ago, it was a quarter of 1%. Yeah, I mean— That's how far it's fallen. And we'll spend a little time during the program today talking about fixed income investment. It's been a wild and wacky world— for bonds, because uh, for a variety of reasons, corporate bonds, there's now worries about defaults there, even yeah. municipal bonds. People have been kind of freaked out. So we'll spend a couple minutes on that. But I, I want to finish the thought. Oh, on, oh wait, um, March 20th. I am so sorry. I was looking at the March 17th rate. Oh, what is it I'm now? I'm sorry. The March 20th rate. That was March 17th. The March 20th rate is 0. 0.04%. Okay, so you can put in them, essence zero. You can put your money there, and you wake up tomorrow, your money will still be there. That's all. Yeah, not in it, not a dime. <laughs> well, all. almost not a dime more. And what was it a year ago? This is fascinating. I How just much? love this. One year ago, back in uh, oh no, I take that back. One month ago, February twentieth. It's one month ago. Yeah, one point six. Wow. So it's come down. That that's dramatic. For T-bills? Yeah, that really is. So there's a lot of things going on right now with the fixed income markets because somebody called us the other day about municipal bonds. And I don't want to dive too far into that. Please, but think, let's not go into No, but I think one thing really we could discuss on the show is the difference clearly defined now between U.S. government bonds and crummy corporate debt. That's something to discuss. Yeah. That is a topic. And now, again, it's going to come back to haunt people. They're going, oh, I was getting into something safe. Uh-huh. Getting a higher yield and safety? That doesn't work. 855-935-TALK. Tom and Don are talking real money. Do you know what your investment risk tolerance is? Take our free no-obligation risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Well, at least we still have radio, you know. Actually, after a while, I get tired of watching television. I'd, I'd be telling my smart speaker, I'd be going, hey, Siri, tune on KOMO. You have to say KOMO, not yeah, Como. Don't right say up. Como. Yeah, right. It gets them confused. But what's funny is when you say play KOMO, it says playing Como radio. And I go, well, you knew what it was, apparently, because you said it. But to TV, just for a moment before we go to Ed, is it me or they're just putting a lot more sort of first run films up available for rent? Oh, my gosh. The um, the the Invisible Man that just came out. I know. Is going up streaming the new the new Pixar movie is available to rent and will be available to stream in like two weeks. For and free. I watched the biopic. I think this is about your previous career, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. I watched that last I, night. I was a gem really cutter. Good. Yeah, you're really good, man. I, yeah. A little nervous um, about the betting thing, but okay. What? 
I watched last week tonight, the last, the final episode. Do oh. you know it really is important for a comedian to have a live audience? <laughs> it really is a show without an audience. And I mean, it was not very funny. Yeah. Well, I know the feeling. The I audience do it every helps. night without one, and it's not not exactly. not an easy thing. <laughs> I mean, look at us. We're not getting any live laughs. <laughs> exactly. We have no Stacey laughs. Stacy smiles back. every once in a while. Every once Modestly. in a while, but it takes a lot to get her to smile. Yeah, and who true. can blame her? She has to work with you every Saturday. Eight five five nine three five talk is our number. Did that get us off anyway? Mm. Ed, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, Ed. Yes. Hello. Um, I, hey, I've been watching a lot of gun smoke. <laughs> Ed, you're showing your age there, but okay. That guy it's like always the... wins. Hey, I'm um, I'm 77. Marshall Dillon. Marshall. Um, yeah, go I'm ahead, Ed. Very diversified American funds. I, you know, in January I had 750,000 in there. Now I got 560. Uh, I'm a retired educator. I have Social Security. I have no debt. I own my own house, free and clear, and I haven't even had to touch except for minimum distribution on my American funds. And um, about 10 years ago, I pulled, was down to about 400000 I pulled it out for about five months, and then I put it back in, and it took off. And I'm wondering right now if uh, having lost about, in value, about $200,000 almost, if I should, uh, and I'm not putting any more money into it, I just let it ride, uh, my risk tolerance is as I get in, get a little older, I'm thinking, well, I really don't need this right now, but it would be something to give to uh, a family, of course. And uh, anyway, you said the operative word out. there, Ed. Go ahead, Don. Well, you said a couple yeah, of yeah. operative things. Mm-hmm. Well, let me okay. start with the most the most operative of the words. And you said having lost. Remember, the it's loss the you have, you already have it. So let's say you sell. When do you get back in? Yeah. Well, I did it before. No, really. I, thought I did okay, but I don't know if it would be make sense. If, this um, we, are down, down we are down. We are down thirty percent. Just hang on. That, yep. <laughs> yeah, 30% is in line with some of the worst markets we've ever seen. We're number we ten, by the, the way, end. with a bullet. We're number ten with a bullet. <laughs> exactly. um, but the other thing you said though that is very important is that you don't need it. It's a windfall for the kids. And can I ask something? Is this all in stock mutual funds? Oh, it's diversified, and I don't have my account numbers right handy here, but there's about 10 of them that I have. It's all... It's, I got to tell you, Ed, I am pretty confident it is not well diversified, just from how big a loss you mentioned. It sounds to me with a loss like that, you may have a lot of American funds, but I got to tell you, as one who knows American funds very well, I was an old stockbroker selling them years ago. America, if you own a bunch of American funds, you pretty much own the same thing over and over and over again. They may have different names, but they're almost identical portfolios in most cases. They just look the same. And it doesn't sound to me like you have a well-balanced, properly planned portfolio for your risk tolerance and your risk need. You don't need to take risk. You shouldn't have been taking risk. If you have a stockbroker who's telling you to do this, you have a bad, bad, bad broker. This is just someone who's giving you horrible advice. And I mean horrible advice. This is somebody I'd fire right away because one, you said you don't need it, so you don't need to take risk. Two, because it doesn't sound like it's in any way, shape, or form well diversified. doesn't sound like you have government bond funds in there, for example. I would really look to someone who is a fiduciary 
100% fiduciary and the person you have isn't. Tom and Don are talking real money. Download the advisor interview form and find out if your advisor is a fiduciary at TalkingRealMoney.com. We're talking real money. You know, NBC ought to bring back Fear Factor Coronavirus Edition. Dig real close in there and do that. People, yeah. people in their homes going, I don't want to go out. People looking at the stock. Oh, no, I can't take it anymore. People buying bonds. People moving to cash. People not even oh. buying gold. They're, you know what they are buying? You know this already. They're buying guns. Gun sales are way what? up. Yes, gun sales the- are way up. May I just say this one more time? <laughs> Go ahead. One more time. The, you guys, those of you who are doing that, you've watched way too many survival shows or Walking Dead. Uh, you, you just, no, this is not the zombie apocalypse. Or they're it's like not. Ed, they're watching Gunsmoke and the good guy always wins, he said. So I want to be the good guy. I haven't watched Gunsmoke since I was a small little lad. I don't think it's been on since you were a small lad. I, I, I don't think so either. And, and you know, I have gone back to look at some of the old shows. To see what you and would I'm watch? I'm sorry. They're not very good. Well, no, the writing today is just no offense so to those people better. writing in the 50s and 60s. But, yeah. Gosh, well, leave it to Beaver. I guess I, I could watch that again maybe. So. <laughs> Only because you're so much like Eddie Haskell. 855-935-TALK <laughs> is our phone number. Sadly true, probably. 935-8255. If you've got a money question, we're here to give you a serious, we'll give you serious yes, answers. We will. Although we will try to lighten up life because, you know, you, you can't sit around, can't sit around moping all the time and you can't <laughs> no, you sit actually, around looking at. Actually, you can, but you, you can, shouldn't. But you shouldn't. <laughs> and you really can't. You've got to stop. Do not turn on C. NBC. That's do the not. worst thing you can do watching this moment to moment. By the way, one of the things people often mistake about investing is when yes. stocks go down, bonds go up. There is no such, there's no track record of that offsetting each other. Sometimes that happens, but there yeah, is. Sometimes one. it happens, yeah. but there is no direct correlation. No, there is no those. correlation. Um, the reason we put bonds in portfolios is not because they they don't correlate, but because they tend to be, and they have been, by the way, high quality, short intermediate governments have been very stable. Those bonds have been stable. And they worked in 2008, 2009. And they're working, doing. They're what working they're, today. Right. They're 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 holding their value. They're making a little bit. As I mentioned earlier, intermediate term bond fund operated by dimensional funds up six point seven percent year to date. But so many of you over the last few years would call us and say, "Well, I don't want to be in those bonds because they're only making you know two percent a year. I want to be in bond funds going to make me some real money." Tom, okay, well that's great. So you went out and bought you know these things they call high yield bonds. high yield yeah, yeah. Okay. one of my favorite yeah. uh mm. twists to it. yeah it's bad i mean those are junk bonds i mean well you can give the numbers but the bbs and lower etc but okay so let's just say you did that right and you did it because you wanted to make money well there's another side to those bonds because at times it looks like 
those corporations, and, and boy, if there's, if there's ever a time, apparently everybody in Washington except you and I are back there with their hand out, by the way. We got to, you, you, one of the two of us needs to go there because everybody else is there oh. saying, give oh. me some of this. Give me some of the two trillion. Oh, yeah, we haven't even gotten <laughs> to the senators. We haven't even gotten uh, to the yeah, senators yet. Yeah, that's a whole yet. other thing. But so let's, if you, if you own intermediate term government debt, that's done what it's supposed to do. As I said, it's made some money this year. If you owned because you had to make something on your bonds. Again, this is another fallacy, I think, about bonds. I don't want a part of my portfolio that's not making money. Well, that's great. You went into the Vanguard High Yield Bond Fund, which is VWEHX. That has declined 17% year to date. So that's not bond-like performance that we want for you. We want bonds to hold the value and make the money with stocks. The reason as I just mentioned, that these bonds have had a very tough time is they're issued by corporations that may or may not have the resources, frankly, to pay you back, may or may not have the resources to hang in there for whatever period this is, with or without the help of the government. I mean, you're looking at some very fine corporations. We laughingly referred to Boeing earlier, but I mean, Boeing is back there with its handout at $60 billion or whatever it is for Boeing and its suppliers because they're saying they don't, can't come up with the capital. Don't buy bonds to make money. That's the bottom line. Buy bonds to hold the money. And I want to make an interesting comparison. I, let's, let's skip the junk bonds for a minute because most people, even though we get greedy, we know that if we're buying into a high-yield bond fund, we are taking risk. However, we may think that if we're and, – and I'm not saying this is a bad investment to make. But, for example, Vanguard has two different intermediate-term bond funds. Yes. One is the Intermediate Bond Index – the other is the intermediate treasury. Now, the intermediate treasury is 100% in treasury securities, U.S. government obligations. Its year-to-date return, 6%. The other fund, the bond that has corporate in it, its return has been slightly negative. You see, the risk is higher in those corporate bonds. 855-935-TALK is our number. We'll help you make money make more sense. Tom and Don are talking real money. Just about everything you need to know about money can be found at our website, TalkingRealMoney.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. <laughs> Sound like my house, like my wife. Keep your distance. Keep your distance. Yeah. But that's all the time at your house. <laughs> know, that's funny that's the way not she just said during that. this. Exactly. It's like, just stay away. Keep your distance. Go upstairs. Exactly. You know, where don't you have an office over there? Exactly. Go, go over there. Yeah. You know, and speaking of the keep your distance thing, I noticed a bit of hypocrisy in our government. I was glancing at the TV earlier before the show when they had the uh, the presidential press thing that they do every day now. And why do all these idiots like Ben Carson hover in the background about a foot away from whoever's speaking? So I can get in the camera? No, so they can not... make for a great skit on Saturday Night Live. That's why. But they're not social distancing. They are not. That's I'm weird. Bad example. Yeah. Anyway, I want to go back to the bonds for a minute. Yes. I'm Don. That's Tom. This is Talking Real Money. I want to give you the phone number, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Now, Before you go into it, can we just say what a bond is versus what a stock is? A bond is something that's really sticky that makes two things stay together. It's a bond. A bond is something you and I have had for over 30 years. We've had for – and, no, and despite, so, despite our sniping at each other, we still have it. So a bond is an I don't IOU. Know why. An I, this is a piece of paper that says a government or a corporation is going to pay you, give you your money back with interest. Mm -hmm. 
A stock right. has no such guarantee. There's no comparison. Stock is yep. ownership in companies. So you really need to be careful about the difference between the two. Don? But the comparison, though, is the similarity between stock and corporate bonds True. is that they rely on the health of the underlying corporation. A stockholder, a shareholder is going to get wiped out before a bondholder, but bondholders can still lose some of their money and they're more volatile. And and, and this is what I wanted to, the point I think is, this is a, such an important point about there's BC and AC, before Corona and after Corona. If Six months ago, I had said, here are two intermediate term bond funds with similar uh, similar durations. They're both intermediate, and you can have a choice between a yield of 1.74% or 1.04%. Duration refers yield, to how long until you get your money back. Till the bonds yeah, mature. mature. Right. And, and if I had shown you these two funds side by side, mm -hmm. one of them being the intermediate term bond index, which is treasuries and corporates, the other being the intermediate, the intermediate term treasury only, yeah. no corporates in it. Yeah. And you'd look at that and you go, hey, those corporate bonds are okay. I'll take the 1.74 for the higher yield. Well, that's the current yields on these two. The treasury is 1.04. The intermediate term bond index is 1.74. But the difference in return year to date is the difference between 6% and negative 0.2%. So 6% for the treasury, obviously, and negative 0.2 right. for the one that includes the corporates. Yeah. So I think well, for people who are asking why bonds, why aren't bonds going up? No, it, bonds are going up. You just not the ones you own. First of all, nothing is going anywhere, as you know. It's gone. Oh, gone. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. And by the way, the other fund that we recommend on this program regularly, the Vanguard Total Bond Market, VBMFX, that's about broken even for the year. So, because it has, I think, 70% governments, uh, maybe 30% corporate. So it does hold some corporate debt. But I think over the long haul, that's a pretty safe place, generally safe place to be. I haven't looked at the volatility of that fund uh, to see how the ups and downs. I mean, the bond market has been fluctuating wildly the last few weeks. It has been a bit of a concern. And there's a lot of concern, as I said, about whether or not a lot of these companies are going to be able to pay, make their, meet their obligations. No one really knows. And this also goes to that strategy that was all the rage, BC, not AC, but BC. Yeah. The when everyone we, we got lots of calls about this. Well, why don't I just buy a a, a dividend paying right. fund? Yeah. Well, you know these companies had good dividends. They've been paying them forever. Yeah, they pay never them a problem right up and right up until they don't. Mm -hmm. and how's then how's the dividend do? paying funds doing? I haven't you know, looked any that, up to see. I haven't either. What that's good doing, of course, one of the disadvantages you face when you buy a a fund that is really only owns dividend paying stocks is you're reducing your diversification because I think it's like half of the uh, stocks in the United States pay a dividend, the other half do not. Uh, they either reinvest the money or they <gasps> keep it, et cetera. So <laughs> I can see this is, this is not oh. uh, <laughs> not looking good here. Obviously, well, those they you know they were they were talking they were running uh, pretty high dividends uh, on these things. You know, a couple couple of percentage points. Apparently, the dividends are already threatened the fund the vanguard and we're using vanguard i could find worse oh yeah we could i could find, you could find nice funds. nice ones that are oh. here where they're charging you one and a half percent for the pleasure of owning them. the 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 vanguard dividend growth fund is down 27 percent year to date there you go does that sound like year a safe strategy that's it's not, not safe no, no it's not no. 
and the yield's only 1.94. So, so you got a yield that is comparable to the Vanguard Total Bond Index Fund, which is 1.84. Yeah. The Vanguard Total Bond Index Fund is flat. It's 0.22 right. up, so oh. it's flat. Um, but oh, you're the same right. I yields. said down. Yeah, it's, it is uh, 22. It's yeah. 0.22 up. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not much. So if you're worried, see, the problem we run into as investors is we, and this is something we're going to come to a little later in the show, in the next hour probably, we tend to take whatever we're experiencing at the time and project that going forward ad infinitum. So right it's, now you're looking at the stock market and going, <gasps> it's never going to end. It's called recency bias. And There's a name year ago, yeah. you were thinking you were thinking it would always be good. I think it, it, it applies to other parts of your life, by the way. My 12 year old daughter, I would have said she would never clean a room ever. What? Because she, she never cleaned had cleaned room? it. Well, last night, I was going to bed at like 10 o'clock last night, which is, as you know, late for me. I wow, popped my in there to late. say goodbye, good night. And she was Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, dear. Dad's over 60, <laughs> so I got to tell you, with this coronavirus thing she's, going on, yeah, she's I could using be gone that, by the time you get up. She's using that for a reason not to hug me. But that, but she, <laughs> she, she, she had, this is serious. I'm not talking yeah. clean your room, like make your bed, that kind of, she had all of her drawers out, everything out of them on the, I said, what are you doing? She said, I'm going, I'm cleaning up. I'm cleaning everything up. So apparently we've reached the place now apparently. where I've been locked in the house for a week. I got to clean. Anyway, it's fascinating. I'm so bored. So my recency bias saying she will never clean her room. See, I was I was wrong as well. So. Oh, and speaking of Tom's home life, oh, I just want to add no. one thing. Uh-oh. Yes, I do. Yes, I want to say this. You, though Many of you know that Tom's wife, Danielle, has a wonderful Pizza. Oh, okay. That's where we're going. I was nervous. You had me going. Pompeii Wood Fired Pizza. And by the way, I sit around here. I'm in. I'm at my Virginia studio right now. Yes. I sit around here craving it like nightly, <laughs> but it's three thousand miles away. It is such good pizza. But anyway, Tom and Danielle last night set up their their pizza truck in their driveway. And fired it up to 900 degrees and served their whole neighborhood socially distanced pizzas. Yeah. It, which it, is really oh, this thank is you. the kind of thing people should be doing. Oh, I this agree. is a wonderful kind of thing to do to, to get through stuff like this. Something special like mm-hmm. that. And I got to tell you, I'm very impressed that you guys did something like that. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Uh, and I'm sure your neighbors are well, just they've been, like, yeah, well, they've been off sending the us nice, nice texts all day. And interesting, by the way, the interesting thing that came out of that, some people stopped at the driveway. They're like, hi, you know, well, you, you got to come go, closer to get the pizza. Hey, I don't know. What are you going to throw it? By the way, we're outdoors. Exactly. We're outdoors. But the young people, anybody under about 35, I noticed, they just came up and hung. I guess you're, nothing's going to happen to you if you're 30 years old or whatever. So. Have you seen the pictures of beaches in Florida during <laughs> spring break? Fascinating, fascinating Body study. to body. They, they, you know, they just can't get enough of each other. But they're in their 20s. They're young, and they have bodies yeah. to be next to bodies, exactly. unlike us. Yeah. So, uh, well... Uh, We're going to take a quick break. 855-935-TALK is our number. 855-935-8255. Let's talk about your money and your life. Tom and Don are talking real money. If you're worried about your investment portfolio in this turbulent market, you may not have the right portfolio. A long bull market makes investing seem easy. We get complacent and start believing that stock prices always go up. They don't. 
they can't. If the value of stocks always rose, they wouldn't be risky, and if they weren't risky, there would be little return. Markets like the ones we've experienced are the price we pay for potentially high returns. Yet, you must be able to stay properly invested during downturns. That's why it's critical you have the right portfolio for your risk profile. So, before you do something you may regret, join me for a special free online class, Retirement Investing in Turbulent Times. Reserve your place now at TalkingRealMoney.com. I'll show you the scientific evidence from past market declines, how to determine your risk profile, and build a simple no-load portfolio based on your personal needs and fears. Sign up now at TalkingRealMoney.com. That's TalkingRealMoney.com. And if you're listening to this podcast months after the crisis, well, take a look. We probably have some other great classes you can sign up for at TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So, past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That should keep the lawyers happy.